Welcome to the Greystone Church Podcast. We are grateful that you're here and taking time out of your day to listen and grow with God. We pray that God will speak to you and you will experience His amazing love through this message. Let's take a listen. Good morning, Greystone. Thanks so much for joining us here today. My name is Alan, and I am the missions pastor here at Greystone. I want to say a special welcome to our other campus. Thank you so much, our other campuses. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We also know that this is spring break week, so you guys might be watching us online somewhere, maybe from the beach or the lake or wherever you might be. Thanks so much for tuning in today. But I'm excited about hanging out with you guys here just for a little bit this morning. We're gonna be talking about the names of God. We're gonna be wrapping up this series. And today we're talking about Jehovah Ra, the Lord is my shepherd. So we're gonna talk about that a little bit today. But the question I have for you guys to get us started with is what guides you? What guides you? Another way you might think about this is where do you spend your time or your money or your efforts? Where are you, where are you spending that Time and where are you spending that focus? So what guides you? And a couple answers that I've have heard before is, is money. And you might say to me, well, you know what? I don't, I don't know, I don't have to be like rich, but I wanna be able to provide for my family, right? Or maybe fame. I don't, I don't have to be like famous, you know, but I would like to be known in my area or maybe known in my work or anything like that. Or maybe it's the world. Maybe the world is guiding you, and you might not know that, but because of social media and different things we have going on. Or maybe it's sports. I love sports, but maybe, maybe sports are guiding us a lot. And I don't know about you guys with kids, maybe it's kids, and here's something, I'll be honest, we're, we're trying our best to not let our kids guide us, but just the other day, right, I got three kids, and all of them play a sport, and we try to have a rule where only one of them, or you can only do one sport at a time. My oldest is in gymnastics, Drake, my middle, he's playing baseball, and then my youngest is doing soccer. The other day, a couple weeks ago, we had opening day of baseball, okay? This was my first time going to this. I know Coney parents, you might can feel me on this. I, for some reason, I didn't get all the info. I thought this was gonna last about 30 minutes. Yeah, exactly. So I show up, you know, it's, it's like 40 degrees in the morning, right? I have like a sweatshirt on and jeans, and I'm, I'm like, we'll get there, we'll do this thing, we'll go home, we'll eat some lunch, and then we'll come back for pictures in the game. You know, we got the whole day, but you know, whatever. So this thing lasts like an hour and a half longer than I thought it was gonna last, right? I mean, we're up there, I mean, it's like past lunchtime by now when we finally get done. My five-year-old at the time, like he hadn't paid attention the whole, I mean, he's been out there for an hour and a half on the infield. He's down, they're all, they're, they're wearing like, we're the Yankees, so I'm not super proud of that team, but we're the Yankees. So we got white pants. Every kid is down in the ground, just like, like laying on the ground. Just We're red with mud. We got pictures later on. I mean, but we get done, okay? We have like 30 minutes before pictures. So just enough time. We can run to the truck. I brought us both a little snack. We grab a little snack, and then we get back and try to take some pictures of five and six-year-old boys, which is chaos anyway. You know, my love language is efficiency, and that is not efficient, right? I mean, we are just like, what are we doing? So that takes a long time as well, and we finally get done with that, and then we have 40 minutes before the game. Now here's the deal, my game plan was to go home, eat some lunch, relax, you know, chill a little bit. I still have pants on, I have a sweatshirt on, by now it's 75 degrees outside, I forgot my hat, I'm, my like, face is red because of sunburn, I'm also super hot, I'm like, what are we doing here, you know? So we run home just enough time to grab lunch, change clothes, get back up there uh, to play the game, we get there like 10 minutes before the game starts, you know, just enough time for the kids to like 
get warmed up, but get up there, play the game. We have a, we have a blast. I don't know if we won or not, but we, you know, we're up there. It's coach pitch, so it doesn't really, it really counts. Excuse me. Okay, I'm, I'm, a, I'm coaching as well, but you know, you know what I'm talking about right now. So we have fun. We'll just say that. And then we get, I get back at home just in time to take a shower and go to my first ever daddy-daughter dance. And that is actually a story for another day. So I'm gonna save that one. So <laughs> whew, that is one of my favorites that have ever happened to me. But it's crazy, right? When we think about all the stuff that we do and what is guiding us and where are we spending our time, right? And so today we're gonna be talking about what should guide us. So we're, we're gonna be looking at Psalm 23. So if you guys have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn there to so Psalm 23. You can fall on the screen or turn there. And this made me think about what happens when we're misguided, right? Today we're talking about what, what should guide us and we, we think about in our own life. Can you think of a story where you've been misguided in your life, right? I thought about one when I was working on this message. Um, do you guys remember this picture right here? If you've been at Graystone for a while, you might remember this picture of my family down um, at my aunt and uncle's house. This is my beautiful wife, Allison, my kids, Nora, Drake, and crew. Um, but this is about two years ago, uh, two Thanksgivings ago. And, and if, you, if you know anything about uh, my story or whatever, um, you know that the two youngest right there, the two boys, drove a power wheel off into the pond right there behind us, okay? And so then, again, my wife has to jump in to try to save them. She jumps in, and the water goes up to her neck. So then I have to jump in, and it, it is just a crazy, chaotic story that it's one of those that, just to be honest, I could not believe ever happened to me, all right? That's kind of the story that I thought about this. Like, I've, like, I've never heard anyone else tell this kind of story. I'm like, I can't believe that stuff would happen, you know? But fast forward to Christmas time, and we pull onto that property again. We're visiting family down there, and this is Moultrie. This is almost Florida. We pull on this property, and my daughter from the back seat, we're in a minivan, cool, I know, and my, my daughter from the back seat says, hey, Dad, Remember that pond right there? I was like, yes, uh, I can't forget it. And she said, I was the only one that didn't get in. <laughs> and for my literary friends, that's called a foreshadowing, okay? So we go inside, we have Christmas time with our family. We spend the night there. We get up the next morning and we look outside and it's 25 degrees. And again, got, this is like Florida, you know what I mean? They're not used to this, right? They, they see the pond that they live on right there is frozen over. All right, so we all go outside and there's all these kids. I got a picture of this. There's all these kids outside next to this pond and we get out there. Some kid finds like uh, a, a piece of ice in, and you can see the, you know, the ice back there behind us on the pond and we throw this piece of ice and it makes this cool noise as it like cascades across the water, you know? And if you're from the north, you're probably like, duh, you know? But us down here from the south, we don't, we don't see this much, you know? And we're like, even the adults are like, look at this, you know? And we're all like out there throwing ice, having fun, you know, having a blast. But then you can see the kid in the red shorts right there. He's a little bit bigger. He's, uh, um, he goes and grabs right on the, the edge of the water. He goes and grabs like a big piece of ice, like a Frisbee looking thing and chunks it out there. And now that's the cool thing to do, Right? So then every kid is trying to do that as well. And I'm trying to, I'm best, I'm like, no guys, look, listen, remember last year? Remember, like, I'm trying to like coach them up, like, don't go, don't go, you know? So no one, no, everybody's okay, we're all good. You know, we do that for about 30 minutes and, you know, we have some fun. And now all the parents, we're just all kind of hanging out. My, my wife is there, I just wanna make sure and point that out too. So my wife's standing right here. Um, and so the kids are about the length of the stage to my left over here. And they're, they've all, you know, throwing ice and now they're just kind of playing together. And I'm standing here just talking, you know, small talk. 
and I hear this like crack noise and a loud splash. And my brain automatically thinks, there is no possible way, you know? And so I happen to just look over there because all the kids are yelling and screaming now and it's kind of right here. And I look over there and I see my daughter in the water, all right? Not just like a little bit in the water, like she is like out in the water, like trying her best to like get above water. And, and, and if you saw, she had the picture on, she had like this big heavy coat with a fur thing on it. And she had these water boots or these, these rubber boots. And she's just trying her best to, to stand up. And so I take off running again. I'm the first one there, just like the last story. First one there, I did push my wife out of the way just a little bit, you know. So I pushed my wife out of the way to get to the water. And I don't, I don't really even remember this as I'm like going in. To, to, to help her. Now, again, it's only this deep. She was fine, you know. But as I'm going in to help her, I, I say out loud, I can't believe this is happening again. Like, I don't remember saying that, but like adults were like, did you remember saying that? Like, I was like, so I'm going in and I, I grab her and I like pick her up and now she's like lost her boots and she's soaking wet and I'm, you know, my, I'm wet. It's, I'm only like from my knees down. My wife helps us. We, we get her back inside and just like last year, we'd already packed the car up. Like we're ready to roll. We're fixing to leave, you know, going back home. And so we have to give her a, a bath and, and clean her up and all this stuff. I have to go get something. I have to fish her boots out of the water because she like lost her boots and it's just gross and nasty. And, and I, only, I only brought one pair of shoes like, what was I thinking going down this property? Next time, I just need to bring some waiters, you know? Like, if I know we're going in every, every time we go, I guess that's just gonna be the new thing, but. So after we got done, I asked, I was like, what happened? You know, how did you, how did you end up like 10 feet into the water? And she said, well, I went in to go get a big piece of ice because all the big kids were doing it. And I was like, all right, here we go. Okay, you know, teaching moment, fixing to come to that. And she said, when I stuck my foot in, I got stuck. And when I tried to come back out, I lost my balance and just, belly flopped into the ice and water. But she was fine, and we all have a good laugh about it now, and now we've all been in the pond, so no one can, uh, can say they haven't been in there. But also on the way home, we had a great conversation about not giving in to peer pressure, right? You know how parents do, we try to turn these things to, uh, to a little bit of a teaching moment. And we also talked about staying focused and not giving in. And I, I bet we all could have stories on our, of ourselves about when we've been misguided, right? And I know some of you guys, we probably can't actually share on this stage, but we all have these stories of when we have been misguided in our lives. So we're gonna talk about what should actually guide us. And so we're gonna look at, again, God being the good shepherd. One of the, the first references we see, God being the good shepherd, is in Genesis 49, 24. But his bow remained steady, his strong arms stayed limber because of the hand of the mighty one of Jacob, because of the shepherd, the rock of Israel. So here we see God referencing himself as a shepherd early on in Genesis. And being a shepherd is actually a lowly position, something that is unique that God would take on the role as a shepherd for his people. It was usually given to the youngest brother or even a person of like lower uh, status or lower class. And we see God being called the good shepherd. He wants to be close to his people and have a relationship with them. All right? So now we're gonna look at Psalm 23. You guys, your hands are probably tired, but you can go ahead and open your Bible back up. But... Verse one, the Lord is my shepherd. There's nothing I lack. Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Here David begins saying that God is my personal leader. And this is huge. This points to David knowing he needs a guide and this guide is personal. And he also says that, that God is my shepherd. He doesn't say a shepherd or he doesn't say the shepherd. He said God is my shepherd. Shepherd. 
Also, David points out that God is what he desires. There's nothing I lack. I trust in what the good shepherd gives. Another question I have for us is, do you trust God? Simple question, but do you trust God? A couple weeks ago in our discipleship group, we talked about this. There was an illustration in our book, and the book Pastor Jonathan wrote, he used the illustration of a GPS, right? Anybody use Waze? Yep. Anybody use Apple Maps? We'll save you guys a seat when we get there first, okay? So, (laughs) well, my question is, do we listen to the GPS, right? When you're driving, do you listen to the GPS? I can see a few spouses turning and looking at each other. Not trying to you know, get any fights going on right here today, but, but that's, a, that's a good question. Do we, do we listen to the GPS? Do we actually do what it tells us to do? Or, or do we say, you know what? I know a better way. I know a faster route. I know a, a shorter way. I know something that can save us time, right? And I think that happens to us in our life as well. We do the same thing with God. God has given us a guide or God calls us to go somewhere, tells us to do something, and we say, well, I know a better way. I know a, a way that's gonna be better than you. Verse two, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. And here David points out that God is the one who guides him. He is the one who led me to green pastures. And this is tough because I wanna be the one looking for green pastures. I don't know about you guys, but I wanna be the one deciding where we go and where to rest and where we go and do these things, right? And I do think, we actually talked about this in my discipleship group as well, I do think it it is a good job to be moving forward and to be doing these things and not having to just wait all the time on, you know, all God calling me to do this or do God wants us to go and he's gonna guide us where we need to be going. But we have to trust that God is in control and he knows what is best for us, not us. Verse three, he refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his namesake. He leads me for his namesake and he refreshes my soul, but it's for his glory. I think we get this wrong Most of the time, we want it to be about us, right? But instead, this is for his namesake, and he wants the best for us. Verse four, even though I walk through the the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I like that it says here is that even when I go through the darkest valley, I will fear no danger, or I will fear no evil. Here, David points out that we will go through valleys in life, and I think a lot of times we think the Christian life should be easy, right? But it's not. And here's the deal. I've been doing the, this pastor game for a little while now, and, and I found out talking with people that, that go to church, don't go to church, or anything like that, that no one's life is easy. There's gonna be ups and downs, but as believers, we have a hope that the good shepherd is there for us. This makes me think of a song. You guys might have sang it here before. And it says, when I feel like I'm surrounded, I know that I'm surrounded by you. And I'm not gonna sing this, or really I'm not gonna sing any song up here because I've only accidentally sang a couple times uh, on stage before. One time that I can remember was uh, when we had first started the um, Monroe campus now. I was down and I was about to go host. I was campus pastor at the time. I'm fixing to go host, get up on stage. And the worship leader is, is up there and they're all playing and they're, you know, he's leading worship. And I start seeing a lot of the band members taking their, their ears out. 
And if you guys don't know, they wear these things called in-ear monitors. They're like, kind of like headphones. And what they're doing is they're listening to each other because when we're up back out there singing to them and they're singing, it's kind of hard for them to hear. And I start seeing all of them take their ears out. And I'm like, what are they doing? Like, why are they all taking their ears out? What's going on? And I'm, I'm looking at them and I, I, the worship leader's looking at me and he's like, turn your mic off. Turn your mic off. And so what is happening is my mic was on and I'm singing so badly that everybody in the band had to take their ears out so they couldn't hear me singing, all right? So I'm gonna make sure that I try my best never to sing up here on stage again, okay? Thank you, I appreciate that, yeah. Working on it, working on it. But God will also guide us where we need to go. His rod and staff will comfort me and he will guide us. And we, when we are guided back on track, it might not feel like the best, but is for our best interest. You guys probably remember a couple weeks ago, Pastor Josh talked about uh, the staff, right? When you've seen the staff, it's like a, a stick, and even a shepherd's staff a lot of times has the little hook on it. And a lot of times the, the, the shepherd would have to guide the sheep back to where they needed to go. And I bet that probably wasn't the best and the most comfortable thing, you know, kind of being guided with a, a, a rod or a staff, but we gotta remember that that's for our best interest. Verse five, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. God will provide again, like the last verse, even among our enemies, God will provide a meal and renew us with oil. Even while, even while we are in tough times, God will provide for us and care for us. He will be there for us and guide us through renewed. In verse six, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And this short psalm comes to an end reminding us when we dwell in the house of the Lord forever, that we will dwell in the house of the Lord for this life and the next. And this is one of the most popular psalms read to people in hospitals and deathbeds and even in the military. It's a soothing psalm reminding us that God is there for us, guiding us in life. And it kind of reminds me uh, of, there's a, my mom has this like little prayer area in her house. It's like a little cutout nook in her kitchen and she has this sign up, up top and it says that we're all just walking each other home. And I love that reminder, just again, that we're all walking each other home. And one more passage I wanna point out today talking about um, our God being our shepherd is, is John 10. So if you guys have your Bible, you can go ahead and turn there. John 10, verse seven. Or you can also catch it on the screen. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, and I have come. They may have life and have it to the full. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. So Jesus is reminding his people that he is the door. He is the way in. And in studying this passage, um, I studied scholars and other teachers and what they kind of pointed out, and I'm not a shepherd myself, but they were pointing out what shepherds would do. There's kind of two different things they would do at night. Number one, if they were out in the pasture, out in the field, they would kind of make this makeshift corral, right? And they would find stones or they would find tree trunks or, or anything they could, and they would make this kind of corral, and the sheep would go in there at night and the shepherd would lay at the door. And that's what Jesus is referencing right here. He's saying that there's no way in except through me. 
So he's saying, I am the door, that I'm the way in, and I'm the only one that can allow my sheep to go in and then also lead them back to green pasture. And in verse four that we didn't read, it says that the sheep will know his voice. So another way that the shepherds, what they would do, if they were near a city or near a town, they would actually take their flock into town and they would put it in a bigger corral and there would be multiple flocks, multiple people and multiple shepherds in there. So in the morning, the shepherds would actually come out and they would stand at the door and they would make a call or they would use their voice and the sheep would come out and follow their shepherd. And so Jesus, again, is pointing out that, that he is the good shepherd and that his sheep know his voice and they follow him. So this makes me wonder, do we know his voice? Do we know the voice of the good shepherd? Are we spending time with him? Are we having a quiet time? And a big one for me, are we listening to him? There are so many things in this world that want our attention, but are we giving Jesus the attention that he needs? Jesus is the true shepherd. He laid down his life for his sheep by ultimately dying on the cross so that we could have a relationship with the Father. So as we wrap up, I wanna ask the question again, what guides you? What guides you? I, I don't, I'm not sure where you're at in life. I don't know what you have going on or, or things going on again right now or this week or what's coming up or anything like that, but what guides you? And I was trying to think about a way to wrap up this message. I saw this little toy in my, in my truck. I think one of my kids left it in there. It's a little compass. I don't even know if you guys can even see it back there, but it's a tiny little compass. And it made me think about this, that even in all the chaos of this world, everything going on and all this stuff going on, there's one true north, and that's Jesus. And so we might get turned around, we might get lost or something else like that, but we can always turn back to God and allow him to guide us. So my challenge for us, is, my challenge for us today is to give Jesus some time this week, listen to his voice, and then do what he says. And that might be just to spend more time in the Word. Maybe it's been a while for us. Maybe we haven't, haven't opened the Bible up in a little while. Maybe we need to do that. Or maybe it's just to spend more time with Him, spend some time praying. Or maybe it's to have a conversation with someone. Or maybe it's to get into a group. Or maybe it's to serve or go on a mission trip or whatever that might be. I pray, I pray and I challenge us all to just spend some time with Him. Get to know His voice. Because He said, the sheep will know my voice. And the only way to do that is to spend time with him and ask him to guide us. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you so much for your word and your truth and everything that you have given to us and, and blessed us with, Lord. I just pray, Father, for today, Lord, we have so many things going on in our life. And I, again, don't know where we all are. I don't know what's going on and in everyone's life in this, in this room, but I know, Father, that there's a lot of stuff going on, we, whether it's kids or work or just other issues like that, Father. I pray this week that we would spend time with you. I pray this, this holy week, Lord, that we would spend time in your word, God, that we would ask for your wisdom, we would ask for your guidance, and like the compass, God, that we would find our true north in you. God, it's nothing in this world that, that can provide that. It's none in this world that we can turn to but it's only through you. 
So Father, I pray as, as we think about our own life, what's gonna guide us? God, that it wouldn't be something that's, again, that's something we can just see or we can turn to in this world, but God, we'd ultimately turn to you, our true Lord, our true North, our Lord and our Savior. So Father, again, as we pray, as we head out of here, we would make sure we spend time with you. In your name we all pray, amen. Thank you so much for listening. For more messages or info on Greystone Church, feel free to go to our website, greystonechurch.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We look forward to connecting with you. We hope you have an amazing day, and we'll catch you next week.